Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles with Sandra and Marcus Ray. And we're having a happy day. And today is lesson 194. I place the future in the hands of God. What would you say about that? Well, I like the idea a lot. <laughs> and I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty big hands. Mm-hmm. The hands of God. That's like, you know, the hands that created the cosmos. So we can place the future in the hands of God and see what happens. It's probably a lot more fun than what our hands can do. Trying to figure it out. Okay, so today's idea takes another step towards quick salvation and a giant stride it is indeed. So great the distance is that it encompasses. It sets you down just short of heaven with the goal in sight and obstacles behind. Your foot has reached the lawns that welcome you to heaven's gate, the quiet place of peace where you await with certainty the final step of God. How far are we progressing now from earth? How close are we approaching to our goal? How short the journey still to be pursued? Well, if we put the future in our hands, we're we're likely to screw it up. Yeah, and I like this image of us being close to the gates of heaven. So if we place the future in the hands of God, we will be in heaven consciousness. Yeah, and in the in the text, uh, it talks about God making the final step. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you could keep yourself um, just before the gates of heaven and with this image that God is going to bring you through, you know, that's the final step. I think that, you know, we would not be in so much fear, huh? Right. If we thought that way. And we should say this almost every day. I place the future in the hands of God. I place today in the hands of God, yeah. Yeah, and it's like even the next five minutes, mm. you know, you're placing in the hands of God, or the next minute you're placing in the hands of God. I mean, everything from this instant forward, you're placing in the hands of God. Wouldn't you say that's Mm -hmm. what this is about? Mm -hmm. Okay, accept today's idea, and you have passed all anxiety, all pits of hell, Ah. all blackness of depression, thoughts of sin and devastation brought about by guilt. Accept today's idea and you have released the world from all imprisonment by loosening the heavy chains that lock the door to freedom on it. You are saved and your salvation thus becomes the gift you give the world because you have received it. Wow, if anybody read that paragraph, who wouldn't want it? Who wouldn't want to do this, right? Well, it says that you have past all anxiety, all pits of hell, all blackness of depression, thoughts of sin, and devastation brought about by guilt. So, I mean, we're all prone sometime to feel guilty, aren't we, about some things, and that puts us in even worse state of mind. Mm. So, this is kind of wiping all that away right from the start. Um, 
accept today's idea and you have passed all anxiety, all pits of hell, all blackness of depression, thoughts of sin and devastation brought about by guilt. Accept today's idea and you have released the world from all imprisonment by loosening the heavy chains that lock the door to freedom on it. You are saved and your salvation thus becomes the gift you give the world because you have received. Well, I mean, you can't be in the hands of God and be guilty. Mm. So it's mutually exclusive. You have to decide, you know, do you want to be in the hands of God or do you want to be in your funk and your depression and your guilt and your sin Mm. and your pit? (laughs) <laughs> your pit of hell so I mean it's a pretty easy decision but why why is all that dark stuff so attractive to us because mm. we do get sometimes embroiled in kind of a funk you know so why do we indulge in that mm. habit um... yeah punish ourselves or maybe we're angry or we're fed up we're angry with the situation or the world or ourselves and then we kind of attack ourselves and get even more um, in a funk Mm. so it's kind of a habit isn't it yeah In no one instant is depression felt or pain experienced or loss perceived. In no one instant sorrow can be set upon a throne and worshipped faithfully. In no one instant can one even die. And so each instant given unto God in passing, with the next one given him already, is a time of your release from sadness, pain, and even death itself. Oh, that's what you were saying. Each instant you have to give yourself to the, to God, the future. Yeah, well, I think if you, if you truly give this one instant, um, you know, that's what we're concerned with, is this one instant right now. If, if we give this instant over to God, then it's sort of, like the next one is two, and the next one is two, and then that becomes the future. You know, the future is just one instant from this instant. So if we give this instant over, then the next instant, and we're in that same vibration of turning it over, then it's a continuous turning over into the hands of God, and then that's the future. Mm. that becomes the future the future is just a, a you know a chain of instants wouldn't you say like there's this instant mm-hmm. and then you add another one the next instant and the instant after that there's three instants and another one and then now a whole chain of those becomes the future mm-hmm. so it's our practice of turning over this instant 
this one we're in right now, this holy instant, this holy instant would I give to you, be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. That's the last lesson in The Course in Miracles, 365. Oh, is it? This holy instant would I give to you, be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. So that would be placing the future in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. But you're responsible for only this instant. Mm. And then if you're practicing that lesson and you're turning over this instant into the hands of God, then and you're good at that, I mean, you do that consistently, then that means you're placing the future in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing you're doing it so consistently that uh, you know your chain of holy instants goes into the future. Mm -hmm. God holds your future as He holds your past and present. They are one to Him, and so they should be one to you. Yet in this world, the temporal progression still seems real, and so you are not asked to understand the lack of sequence really found in time. You are but asked to let the future go and place it in God's hands, and you will see by your experience that you have laid the past and present in his hands as well, because the past will punish you no more, and future dread will now be meaningless. Mm. Well, I mean, when you think about fear, okay, fear, let's just say, I have a fear that something is going to happen. Like we, we had a client yesterday and he was very good at catastrophic thinking, mm -hmm. we call it. Well, what is catastrophic thinking? Catastrophic thinking is fear that in the future something bad will happen, right? Yeah, we should send him this lesson. Okay, so then that's what this is saying. Like fear is something in the future, something bad will happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Most fear has that quality, like it's what will happen in the next hour, in the next day, in the next month. Uh, oh, won't be able to pay my rent or oh, something's gonna go wrong with my relationship or I can't get over this symptom in the... Can't get over this symptom in my body. Mm. The future, I'm just going to get worse. You know, that kind of thinking. That's what we call catastrophic mm -hmm. thinking. And, you know, this is, this is trying to say, um, don't do that. Release the future, for the past is gone. And what is present, freed from the bequest of grief and misery, of pain and loss, becomes the instant in which time escapes the bondage of illusions, where it runs its pitiless, inevitable course. Then is each instant, which was slave to time, transformed into a holy instant, when the light that was kept hidden in God's Son is freed to bless the world. So there it is right there, you know, it's uh, the past is gone and what is present is freed 
from grief and misery and pain and loss. Well, that would be the forgiven world, you know. It's like, um, that's why he has us practice forgiveness so much, you know, that um, in the present, what, what puts you in the holy instant? Well, forgiveness puts you in the holy instant. You're saying, uh, I'm not going to use the past as a reference point, and I'm not going to hold any records of wrongdoing, and that's pretty much forgiveness, wouldn't you say? So, so if I'm if I'm not holding any records of wrongdoing, either my own or someone else's, then I'm getting much closer to the present forgiveness, and then that's the holy instant. The holy instant is is that which is looking upon a forgiven world. You know, you've forgiven everyone and everything. And you can't have a holy instant unless you're in that state of what the Course calls atonement. Wouldn't you say? And atonement is the correction of all your wrong thinking and total complete forgiveness, right? Yeah, but that's, that's kind of a requirement of being in the holy instant. So, and then when you're in this holy instant, it says, release the future for the past is gone and what is present freed from its bequest of grief and misery of pain and loss becomes the instant in which time escapes the bondage of illusions where it runs its pitiless inevitable course. Then is each instant which it was slave to time transformed into a holy instant when the light that was kept hidden in God's Son is freed to bless the world. Now is he free and all his glory shines upon a world made free with him to shine, to, to share his holiness. If you can see the lesson for today as the deliverance it really is, you will not hesitate to give as much consistent effort as you can to make it be a part of you. Mm. That's good. Definitely need to send this to some clients we have. Yeah. I place the future in the hands of God. You know, that's the thought. So... And then this says, if you can see the lesson for today as the deliverance it really is, you will not hesitate to give as much consistent effort as you can to make it be a part of you. So, okay, so everybody listening to this podcast, so can we do this? Can we give this lesson consistent attention? That's what it's saying. Consistent effort, as much consistent effort as you can to make it be a part of you. So, I mean, yesterday we we did this thing where, um, you know, we set our iPhone to go off every 55 minutes, right? And then each hour we gave some bit of time to think about the lesson. And... I think if we all do that, it's, it's like 
we're we're being um, more than truthful. We're being uh, reverent for the miracle. You know, we're we're being uh, vigilant. Vigilance the right word. Mm. Vigilant for the miracle. So if you don't give attention to the lesson, like, or you only give attention to the lesson, let's just say you read the lesson in the morning, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of people that are studying the course, that's, that's kind of a requirement that you read the lesson in the morning. And then it gives you kind of an assignment um, to think about the lesson during the day. And the farther you get into the course, the more attention it asks you to give the lesson, which that would be the case in any course of study. Like when you give the course more attention, then you become more well-versed in that skill or that um, curriculum or whatever that is, that that thing that you're studying. So the course is asking us to give give the thought more attention, which I think is reasonable, you know? It's if we want to become adept at anything, we have to give it more attention. Like if we want to um, become good at an instrument, we have to practice. If we want to become good at a skill, we have to practice the skill. So, so this is like a thought. So what, what is the skill we're practicing here? The, pra- the, the skill is, I rule my mind which I alone must rule. So, you know, when Jesus says, well, this is a mind training, that's what the Course in Miracles is. It's a mind training. Mm-hmm. So then, how do we train our mind? Well, we train our mind with thoughts. And then, well, what kind of thoughts? Well, he says miracles. So you have to train your mind with miracles. And then he gives you 365 of them. And then he says, well, you know, remember these thoughts during the day. So that's your practice. So then, this is saying, well, the more you think about the lesson, the more energy you're going to get from, from the miracle. So this thought, I place the future in the hands of God. Like when you get to the point where you're placing every instant in the hands of God, then you're mindful of the miracle all the time, and then your whole life becomes a miracle. Yeah, that's why we should set the clock again today every yeah. 55 minutes. So, I mean, that's a good place to start. At least think of it once, once an hour. Mm-hmm. So if we can all dedicate, you know, just a couple of minutes to thinking about the lesson every hour, and, you know, with technology now, you just set your iPhone to, you know, to go off, you know, it gives you a beep every, every hour. If you can see the lesson for today as the deliverance it really is, you will not hesitate to give as much consistent effort as you can to make it be part of you. As it becomes a thought that rules your mind, a habit in your problem-solving repertoire, 
a way of quick reaction to temptation, you extend your learning to the world. And as you learn to see salvation in all things, so will the world perceive that it is saved. So there it is right there. It says, um, you know, you want to make the thought uh, uh, part of your mind and a habit in your problem-solving repertoire. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the thing, like you make it a habit by doing it a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're retraining the mind to have a different habit. You know, instead of having the habit of being afraid of the future in your catastrophic thinking, and we all have a little bit of catastrophic thinking, you know, that's just natural to the ego mind. We're, we fear about the future. We wonder about the future. We're concerned about the future. I mean, this is just a part of everybody's mind. Mm. And now we're saying, okay, well, let's see if we can change that. Let's see, every time we think about some kind of future dread, what if we put that in the hands of God? And I place that, the future in the yeah, hands of God. This lesson. Yeah, and just say that simple statement. Well, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to place the future in the hands of God. So, but, but see, I think why we don't do that is because, you know, that, that statement, I place the future in the hands of God. Well, there's an element of the unknown in the future. We don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's the future. We, a lot of things could happen, we, and we don't know what could happen. So there's an element of the unknown in the future. And usually we have fear and the unknown wired together. Mm -hmm. So then that's the problem, isn't it? That we fear the future because it's a huge element of unknown in it. But now this is going to say, well, okay, but why wouldn't you think that God um, can handle the unknown and, and make the future benevolent to you even though you don't know what's going to happen? Mm. Yeah, you have to really trust the God. So that's the point. So this is getting us to face the unknown. This lesson. Mm is perfect for facing the unknown. Mm -hmm. Well, but then we also have to face, do we have faith that God is uh, benevolent to our needs? Or do we think we're just out there alone, you know, against the world, against all the, the terrible things that happen to, we see in the news, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now we have this image of the unknown as being a fearful place. So this is getting us to face that. Like, if we're really connected, if we're really in our divine connection, then we have to have some kind of uh, faith or trust or, or sense that this unknown force we call God is benevolent to our needs taking care of us. Mm -hmm. If we don't have that, then it's very hard to place the future in the hands of God. Mm, right, because you wouldn't even trust God. No, you don't trust God, but, but you, have, you have to have some sense that the unknown is on your side. Mm -hmm. 
Because for the most part, you know, we can use these lofty words. We can say God this, life this, life force. But it's so vast. It's, it's inclusive of a great unknown. Mm. And for the most part, people are afraid of the unknown. They know what they know, and they want to stick with what they know. And even if it's miserable, they'd rather have what they know because they know it, even <laughs> if it's miserable. Right. So, so this fear of the unknown is brought up in this lesson. And then now we're saying, okay, well, maybe the unknown can take care of you better than you can. Yeah, that's a good point. And... And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Why worry, what worry can beset the one who gives his future to the loving hands of God? Now, now here you go. It says loving hands of God. Now, if we're talking about the unknown and we see the unknown as a loving force, not a fearful force, mm then that makes all the difference in the world. Right, that's a good point. What worry can beset, beset the one who gives his future to the loving hands of God? What can he suffer? What can cause him pain or bring experience of loss to him? What can he fear? And what can he regard except with love? For he who has escaped all fear of future pain has found his way to present peace and certainty of care the world can never threaten. He is sure that his perception may be faulty, but will never lack correction. He is free to choose again when he has been deceived, to change his mind when he has made mistakes. Well, so there you go. You know, it's like, yeah, well, some shit can happen, but you can always correct it and get yourself back on track with innocence you know we have this saying even though I made a mistake I still completely love and accept myself well so there's no guilt when you remove the guilt then errors are easy to correct it's only when you heap the errors with guilt that people are afraid to face things because they don't want to face the guilt, so they don't correct their mistakes because they don't want to feel the guilt. Well, mm-hmm. if you take away the guilt, then the mistake is just something easy to, to change, you know? Oh, okay, well, 2 plus 2 is not 5, 2 plus 2 is 4. You make the correction, and it's no big deal. And so, therefore, you don't fear fear the correction and you don't fear the future because even if you make a mistake you know you can easily correct it mm-hmm. so all right place then your future in the hands of god for thus you call the memory of him to come again replacing all your thoughts of sin and evil with the truth of love think you the world could fail to gain thereby and every living creature not respond with healed perception? Who entrusts himself to God has placed the world within the hands to which he has himself appealed for comfort and security. He lays aside the sick illusions of the world along with his and offers peace to both. 
So what, what if God is always associated with love? You know, I think that's another, that's another problem we have. When we use the word God, so much of our theology and our religions when we grew up uh, made God into a punishing God, mm. you know, or at least the possibility of punishment. Right. Like, oh, you kids be good, because if you start being bad, you're going to have God punishing you, you know, or you're going to go to hell or something like that. So we had God set up not as love, but as fear. Mm. And so this is trying to redo that. It's place your future in the hands of God, for thus you call you call upon the memory of him to come again, replacing all your thoughts of sin and evil with the truth of love. So, like, that's, you got to get that about this lesson. When you're placing the future in the hands of God, it's the same as saying, I am placing the future in the hands of truth and love. And, like, would truth and love lead you the wrong way? Or would truth and love not take care of you? So you have to see also that God in the Course in Miracles is only associated with love. Not punishment, not condemnation, not, oh, correct your mistake with a lot of guilt. No, it's like guilt is gone. Fear is gone. And when, you're, when you talk about God, in the Course in Miracles, that's a state of reality, free of fear, free of guilt, free of, you know, uh, punishment, free of, of pain, free of suffering. You know, it's totally free of all that, free of everything but pure joy. Mm. So that's what we're placing the future in the hands of pure joy. Mm. Now are we saved indeed, for in God's hands we rest untroubled, sure that only good can come to us. Well, are we sure that only good can come to mm. us? That's what we need to be sure of. Well, okay, but if we were really truly placing our future in the hands of God, we would have to be certain mm, that, only good, that can only good can come to us. We rest untroubled, sure that only good can come to us. So it gives the formula right there. Yeah, if we forget, we will be gently reassured. If we accept an unforgiving thought, it will soon be replaced by love's reflection. And if we are tempted to attack, we will appeal to him who guards our rest to make the choice for us that leaves temptation far behind. No longer is the world our enemy, for we have chosen that we be its friend. That's beautiful. Well, you know, it's, it's like the Course always brings us to a decision. So we can either think of this future as a place of uncertainty, unrest, uh, possible disaster, our needs won't be met, 
things are going to go worse than they are now. You know, I mean, you look at the news on the TV, and that's what they'd have you believe. You know, it's a disaster out there, mm -hmm. and it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what what the feeling is <laughs> of of watching the news. Right. Well, now this is this lesson is totally the opposite. It's saying you you are here in life as a result of a loving creator a loving benevolent life force and that life force is taking care of you now i mean where do you think your breath comes from where do you think your food comes from you're being taken care of right now and why would you think that force wouldn't be around in the future to take care of you even better so that's basically what this lesson is about i place the future in the hands of god but joyously, not fearfully, you know, or uncertainly. Uh, it, it's, it's like we want the certainty of care. You know, this word divine providence, like for it to really be providence, you have to have trust that the stuff is going to be there, right? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, so. Thank you. I mean, I remember this one little story of, you know, Taraji was very close to Mother Teresa, and he had traveled down to Peru one time, and there was this Mother Teresa mission, and they, he, he met the, the nuns, and then he met the priest that was kind of in charge, and they were feeding the poor, and and they didn't have enough bread or something. There was something where they needed more bread. And Tarji wrote to Mother Teresa and he, she, he said, well, you know, we have the funds and we could provide the funds to make a bakery. And, and she wrote back and she said, well, um, we don't get involved with projects like that. We we trust and we depend on divine providence. Mm. Now, you could say, well, divine providence was Tarji offering the bakery. Yeah, I would think you so. You could say that. But there was a deeper thing where, you know, the sisters were involved with prayer quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, they spent a lot of their day in prayer. And then things would show up, you know, like bread would show up and they would just say, well, the Lord provides and they trusted that. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, they didn't get involved in making bakeries and stuff like that. They yeah. just let people give them the stuff. Well, that's the extreme of being able to handle this lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, that certainly is. But, but that's what they were placing the yeah. future in the hands of God and divine providence, they just said, well, whatever we need is going to show up, you know. And so that, yes, it may be extreme and more extreme than we're, we're willing to do. I mean, part of us wants to go out and make the bakery if it's going to help. But I think you can appreciate that they had such trust and such faith 
that they totally relied on divine yeah, providence. That and, and that was what Mother Teresa wrote in the letter to Tara Singh. She says, well, it was very nice of you to offer to make the bakery, but we're going to decline because we totally depend on divine providence. Mm. And I think that that's a good thing to end this lesson yeah. on. Thank you so I much. I place the future in the hands of God.